Welcome to the Femininjas podcast. And in this series of podcasts, we talk about issues around detonating patriarchy. It's a learning space for the becoming feminists. It's a takeover from feminists. We bring in different people. Intergenerational issues. Rethinking issues around economies, rethinking transformational leadership. What does that look like? We speak up, we speak out, we claim our rights. We are all about action. And doing all this, we don't forget to slay. And we're bold, we're fearless, we are unapologetic. We will be inviting you to join us in our conversations as together we detonate patriarchy. Welcome to our series of podcasts. My name is Memory Zondeka Chambwa. We are having intergenerational conversations on the Beijing Conference. And my co-host is... Hi, my name is Luciana. Welcome back. And today we have a very interesting guest. Uh, we have Miss Sun. And Miss Sun is from Asia Pacific Forum on Women Law and Development, A. PWLD. We are so excited to have you and yes. we want to hear a little bit more about you. <laughs> so, Mason, uh, memory calls you. <laughs> what Misun. do you call her? Mason. No, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about you. What do you do? Uh, I work with Asia Pacific Forum and Women Law and Development, in short, APWLD. Mm -hmm. I'm the regional coordinator. And we are a feminist membership-driven network in Asia and the Pacific. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and how many countries do you cover? Our membership comes from 27 different countries in the region. Okay. And your secretariat is based? We are based in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We have a small satellite office in Penang, Malaysia. Okay. okay. Exciting. Yeah. So you, you just told us... Um, a full name of your of the acronym of your organization and can you tell us more about like the sort of small sub branches of law and women in development how do you bring it all together maybe let me start how we started mm -hmm. right so we came we we were born out of the world women world conference on women in nairobi oh. and um we are part of the Women Law and Development Sister Network. So we have our sister network in Africa, which is Voldaf, yeah. and we have a sister network in Latin America and Caribbean, which is CLADEM. And mm -hmm. the beginning of our WLD network was with the belief that the law can change the life of women. And we grew out from that um, small network to a strong grassroots movement-based network that believes in the power of the feminist movement and solidarity with other movements. Mm -hmm. So we started first in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, mm -hmm. but then after 10 years of being there, we moved to Thailand. Mm -hmm. And as in the case with many other civil society, the political situation can be very difficult. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to secure our sustainability, yeah. <laughs> to be very honest. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we started looking around and we had a strong member support in Malaysia. So we mm. kind of went back to Malaysia, but still in a very smaller size. So that's how we have two different, uh, two secretariat in two different locations. 
Okay, that's interesting. So yeah, also more like um, our FEMNET, the kind of work that you do is almost similar to what we also do in the Africa region. And one of the things that you've been doing is the review, the civil society uh, review of the Beijing, mm -hmm. uh, the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, and which is like 25 years. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to know in terms of um, how did it go? Uh, what were some of the sentiments? Uh, I know your report has an amazing name. I mean, you really laid it out as um, bringing together the voices of civil society. So we just want to hear from you. How was what 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 was um, what was the agitation in the Asia Pacific region around 25 years of the Beijing? Mm. So it definitely gave uh, gave us a space and momentum mm -hmm. to come together as a very diverse women's movement in the region, mm -hmm. and we started with the uh, feminist youth forum, oh. <laughs> yeah, which wasn't in place five years ago at Beijing Plus Twenty, uh -huh. and then we continued with the civil society forum, and it was f framed around anger, hope, action. Uh, we are learning from the trade union movements uh, to yeah. use that framework to really investigate the structural causes and the realities of the women. So mm -hmm. that's where we actually organized ourselves and gave us a space to really talk about our anger, right? Yeah. Why we're angry, yeah. right? And then we couldn't stop at anger, so we, of mm -hmm. course, continue with hope. Yeah. What makes us hopeful, what keeps us going, and of course, we all agree that's the feminist movement power and yeah. solidarity that we have one for one another, yeah. and then with the hope and our power together, we talked about what are the actions that yeah. we want to take on as a feminist movement, mm -hmm. and also what are the actions that government should take on to make sure that they are accountable to the people. And we went to the intergovernmental movement uh, meeting, which was pretty disappointing. because. We were not given any space. Oh, really? Like yes. Um, which was very different from five years ago, even. Really? So yes, the yeah. negotiation on the outcome document was held in parallel with the mm -hmm. open plenary forum mm -hmm. in a closed door. Okay. Right. So it was like like nonsense. Like we had yeah. gathered ourselves for the five days before the intergovernmental meeting, yeah. that closed their negotiation was not informed to us. Wow. It was just last minute information that it will be a closed door negotiations. Wow. So we demanded the space. Mm -hmm. So only the steering committee could go inside as an observer. Right? Wow. While an observer? As an observer. So you don't get to say anything or nothing, right? While wow. over 150 civil society participants were just engaging in the plenary session. Really? Yeah, but then that dialogue doesn't really go into the outcome document negotiation, right? So mm, it was quite interesting. So we made a big no noise at the last day yeah. when we did the final statement. We stood up, we did some actions Yay. to just show our power <laughs> and just tell them how we're like, you know, agitated and irritated, but you will have to talk to us and we'll hold you accountable, that kind of message. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really interesting because we also were very frustrated um, in the Africa regional consultations as well. Mm. Initially, our experience was where this was supposed to be a civil society consultation, and then there's the technical committee consultation, and then the minister's consultation. And first of all, access, just the physical access into mm -hmm. the building was an old building. 
and the women with disabilities were not mm -hmm. able to participate. So we just decided we were not going to have any meeting unless there was access. Mm -hmm. So it was just not only access, but there were no facilities. So, I mean, it's interesting how, I mean, some of that has never been incorporated. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the African Union. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they didn't have like the, the toilet facilities actually mm -hmm. do not cater for for disability needs. Mm -hmm. So we did do a campaign, mm -hmm. yes, and mm -hmm. of course uh, it had yielded results. We ended up going into the new building, mm -hmm. and but still everything was really constrained. I think there was an effort to try, but you know we did not even have that, our own space, to be able to consolidate our um, demands. And accessing the plenary also was very difficult. We didn't have enough um, sort of like access. You know, you'd need a special badge to be in that room. And we only had 50, we're over 200. I think we're close to 300 participants. And this time we we're very diverse. Most of, most, of our, most of the civil society organizations that were there were there for the first time. Most of them were young women, um, you know, from different, it was their first experience. Quite, um, quite a daunting and not mm -hmm. very exciting because we are thinking five, 10, 15 years before, this is the Beijing Declaration. It talks about gender machineries. It talks about institutions that were actually set by the declaration. The gender ministers were non-existent before civil society actually agitated. Mm -hmm. So I think having, um, being shut down and spaces where we know this shrinking space, but when women's rights and gender machineries and gender ministers and, you know, are not able to to actually bring you in, I think for me that's the most disappointing thing about this process because we are talking about your ministry. I mean, this should be the most welcoming mm. um organ in terms of all this whole multilateral space because we are about women's rights. So when civil society is agitating for the 12 critical areas, it's about them. So it's interesting and I think it's across some of the other regions as well. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested, what were you angry about? What were you hopeful about? And you know, what are some of the actions, maybe one or two? Mm. So I think uh, what we are able to do on the day that we are talk about our anger, mm -hmm. uh, there were many stories that were shared by uh, the women advocates and defenders working at different level, grassroots, local and national level. And we were able to identify and name the structural barriers for women's human rights and gender equality. And that is, of course, patriarchy. Yeah. And patriarchy <laughs> in different faces. And yes. to name them would include neoliberal capital globalization, mm -hmm. militarism, and fundamentalisms. So it was really good that people were deepening our structural analysis together mm -hmm. and then really finding that our struggles are shared. Yeah. Right, And then what keep us hopeful was the achievements and some collective wins that we are able to do as part of the women's movement. And that would, of course, include some positive legislation around like violence against women or political mm -hmm. participation yeah. or and so forth. But then, and most of all, the recognition that those legislation achievements were able 
was possible because there were strong women's movements behind it uh-huh. in every level, including the mandate on special rapporteur on violence against women was a result of the women's movement's demand and struggle, right? Yeah. And so all those were like unpacked. And the actions that we wanted, I think it was coinciding with um, the reality that we faced at the intergovernmental meeting, Mm -hmm. that we would keep uh, continue engaging with the policy discussion. But then we know that it wouldn't be the answer, right? So we are saying we should be able to create alternative uh, spaces. And we should be able to craft the solutions that we want to see. Mm-hmm. So those were some of the elements that we discussed. Yeah. And it was also very visible in the outcome document uh, mm-hmm. memory. Yeah. Um, I think what is powerful in the Asia Pacific ministerial document is that they are all very progressive and oh. some very beautiful <laughs> words <laughs> based on the CSW outcome documents, oh, right? Really? Which is, again, the struggle that we had to carry on. And then we were pushing the boundaries to include the language on sexual and reproductive health and rights, for instance, or language on women human rights defenders, Mm -hmm. or language on universal public services and so forth, right? So it was a long struggle and battle, but then it was in the document. And and then we did a quick comparison between the document like five years ago and the document that we have at the moment. Mm -hmm. But then the reality is, it was something done without our presence, right? Wow. Right? Because the, tor- the door was closed, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. Right? So it yeah. was able to do it, but then we're still processing what it actually means, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you have that language, and yeah, yeah governments um, are maybe still resisting, very difficult to have that language agreed, yeah. but it's there, uh-huh. but then when we are not even allowed to be in the meeting, mm-hmm. then what does it mean when that language is going to be implemented or not implemented, Yeah. right? So mm-hmm. it is again wow. finding we should continue the battle in, in terms of policy discussion and implementation, but we also have to be prepared. If that doesn't work, we have our own space and yeah. we have our direct actions to reclaim the power that we should have as a citizens. Wow, interesting. Absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. But, yeah, um, yeah I heard about the review uh, from the Women with Disability in Kenya. But the beauty uh, about it is, as she said, that you hopeful, like we are hopeful. At least you are able to push for at least two or three agendas and we have very important. Now, I want to hear more about um, side spaces. Uh, how do you go about that? So it, this is me learning from you both because I'm thinking even though we have our own side events and discussions, we'll still have to push them to the mainstream sort of uh, decision-making um, platforms. So maybe just would you be able to explain that to me? <laughs> <laughs> How does it work? Yeah. Um, so maybe... You go first? You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, one of the... How do I say it? (laughs) One of the very difference of this Beijing Plus 25 civil society space compared to even five years ago 
was the diversity that we had in the room, yeah. Yeah. and especially the presence of women with disabilities constituency mm -hmm. and LGBTIQ constituency mm -hmm. and youth group yeah. and um, sex workers group, for instance. Mm -hmm. It was very visible in their diversity. Yeah. But of course, we still have our, and then critical reflection around mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then some of, we are still learning as we of do course, because yeah. um, the number also matters, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then even like as you shared memory, yeah. the accessibility yeah. issue, right? And then uh, in different forms of needs or mm -hmm. access, mm -hmm. access needs that different constituency need. Yeah. So this time what we're able to do is the sign language and well, then the, mm -hmm. what is it? How do you say it? Um, simultaneous Translation? Type, typing, yeah, yes. Oh, so wait, there, yeah, there's transcription? a transcription. Yes. Yeah. So there is a screen. Uh -huh. So there's someone online, uh -huh. <laughs> and then he or she would type what speakers have to say. That's oh. amazing. So, so everyone can read if you can read, right? Mm. And then while sign language is up, mm. and then yeah, so those are something that we are learning to make our space more accessible to different yeah. needs. Um, but again. There have been some critical reflection on first point. Um, it's a constant struggle for those further marginalized constituencies, yeah. like saying oh, we, we, don't, we need the representation and leadership. So we don't want to be cornered into our own side event, for instance, yeah. Yeah. but we want us to be integrated and represented in every single level of discussion, right? Yeah. And the second one, so but that is, again, it's, it's a constant struggle and process for us because the participation comes first, I think, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then nothing without us, us. right? Yeah. That, that talks about participation, mm -hmm. but then after that, we have to uh, have the analysis of your own context, right? Yeah. So because of the marginalization, I think, we are not yet there to talk about the issues and uh, analysis mm -hmm. because the representation leadership is not that visible as yet, right? Yeah. So that's the homework that we have to do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the another critical reflection from our end is that it is so great to see our diversity in all forms, but then how do we make sure that that strengthen our movement. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure that there is intersectional approach. We mm. don't get divided because of our different identities or background. Yeah. So those are the two critical learning points that we are having from our process. But mm. it was really great just by numbers to see more <laughs> diversity yeah. in the room. We Absolutely. had over 300 participants in the forum. Yeah. And it was really amazing to see different voices and different backgrounds coming together. Yeah, and I think we share the same way. The diversity that we had this year was really, really amazing. And especially the young, the young, the force of the young women, the youth group, they were very, very articulate. They had their own um, outcome. And they were also learning the process as well, but also claiming and demanding uh, to be heard and to, to demanding the space as well. And I think there's always this tension. So one of the things that also happened at the Africa level was this whole um, issue around having the veterans uh, passing on the baton to the younger generation and making it very clear. But you find 
in as much as the baton is being passed on, the outlook of the people who are speaking. So it's still this maintaining this formal, you know, this formality where we should we should be able to have our authentic voices. But the whole protocol still perpetuates having the older people speaking more or less the same things. And this issue about, you know, we sh- of course people, we should uh, respect protocol and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we should actually allow, you know, young women, um, people who are women with disabilities, all the diversities to really speak for themselves and to be heard and to be visible. So I think that's the learning. And it's very interesting to have this cross-reach now, just to see what happened in Asia, what happened in Africa, and you know, taking forward this whole discussion around the Beijing and really having an instrument which we hope you know, Lucy will be able to take it forward and push for it, but also understand how these processes um, how these processes happen. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I think it's bo- it's um everyone's agenda. It should be like everyone's agenda and most important agenda to sort of understand each other. Us, the young generation, should be able to listen to 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 the people before us, and they should also be able to listen to us and understand our point of view. And we can maybe meet at the center because that's the only way that we're going to be able to push the whole agenda forward because I'm thinking of it from the point of view that there's so much that has changed since 1995, like um, the way systems work, um, introduction of social media and the internet and all this intelligence. And if we are, us as the young people, are able to listen and, and pick what, what works uh, for us and what we are supposed to do and then implement it in our own um, mm-hmm. unique ways, uh, the whole agenda would go or would be much um, influential, I I feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So, yeah, so, Miss Sam, thank you. Um, any last words, anything, anything you'd like to say? Do you see... Beijing really being one of the frameworks that can push the agenda for women's rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it, is, it is important to understand what was the larger geopolitical context when the Beijing yes. happened, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was almost 10 years after the structural adjustment program was introduced, mm. and it was just after WTO was formed and where we are in that geopolitical context. And when the system of oppression is getting much more stronger, and our reality is the Beijing is not yet fulfilled, right? Before you continue, yes, you've lost me. (laughs) Are the WTO... What is WTO, maybe? Oh, it's a World Trade Organization. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it is you the, know, we were working yes. together, and then you lost me all oh, of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a World Trade Organization. Uh, it's yeah. a body that makes a global trade rules, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a body to basically reinforce the inequalities between countries and between people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Beijing does address the structural adjustment program and the potential threat Mm -hmm. of the trade regime and so forth. But of course, the... 
that system has got much more powerful in different forms uh, yeah. at this right moment. So I really uh, enjoyed today's conversation. <laughs> and I hope uh, the only answer is really how we work together as a yep. feminist movement yeah. and with the capacity and solidarity to work with other social justice and people's movements. And Absolutely. it is only possible when we continue our political education and struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So That's we hope true. this kind of virtual physical space to mm -hmm. talk about our connected struggles and craft our collective kind of future and the solution for future would be really great so thank you so much absolutely so thank yeah. you so much thank you for coming yeah mm -hmm. and tuning into it's great just to hear about um all these isms and that collective power across the borders across the regions mm -hmm. we really need to really as a feminist movement as a women's movement to mm -hmm. keep sharing some of these lessons and to keep pushing yeah. the envelope and really disrupting um, some of these systems using frameworks like the Benjin. Yeah. So in our next, I think yeah. uh, there's something that she said, and um, it was really genuine. I'd tell from her face, and she was like, we were 300 people. It was hard, but the diversity and all our differences uh, brought us together, and it was beautiful. Us being able to understand the beauty of diversity is one of the most important key things that as a feminist uh, movement and advocates, we can be able to bring forward and live by example. Thank you yeah. so much. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think you also mentioned some of the structural issues around patriarchy. And yes. in our next section, our next episode, we'll be unpacking this whole patriarchy. I think... Um, I'm excited. Yes, because <laughs> I think it's just understanding that what is our... We, are, we have one war. And we've got different battles. We mm -hmm. fight it from different angles. Yeah. So in our next episode, actually, we'll be talking about that. Patriarchy. And we'll see how do we dismantle it, how do we detonate it, mm. and what is it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so definitely tune in. <laughs> thank you. Hey! Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for joining us for the Femininja podcast. We really believe and trust that you have enjoyed our conversations and they have pricked some thinking, some, some, some kind of wanting to find out more about feminism, about patriarchy, and what is the role for each one of us in detonating patriarchy and proudly and boldly claiming ourselves as feminists. So stay tuned, keep following us, engage with us on Feminet website www.femnet.org Thank you.